Bassingthwaite, the risk manager here at Alps, and welcome to the latest episode of Alps In Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. Now, uh, I, uh, once again, I'm uh, so delighted to have as my guest uh, Leah Gooley, who is the underwriting manager. And I don't know if, uh, if all of you know this, uh, Leah is in Missoula, in the beautiful historic building, um, and I am, uh, I telecommute, I've been telecommuting for many years over in Billings, so maybe I should ask real quickly, are we still having a beautiful day in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana? <laughs> we're, we're getting into August here, but uh, I, 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 I can see a little light coming in. It's beautiful and sunny, a little cloudy, but I'll take that over the snow that we know uh, is coming. So Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I really wanted to, to have uh, Leah join me for a conversation. And, you know, I, I'll be honest and say, and I don't know about you, Leah, and I, I, I suspect many of our, our listeners might feel similar to what I'm about to say, but I am tired of COVID-19 news. And it's just, but COVID-19 and what has happened uh, in terms of not just a legal profession, but to to everybody uh, has changed some things. And it's, we were talking prior to going into this uh, in terms of uh, internal to Alps, uh, some general concerns looking at virtual practice uh, firms and and trying to just work through, do they represent unique interests? Is there something different? And we've been having some interesting discussions about that. And then COVID-19. And boy, now it seems like everybody we insure is a virtual firm. And it would be, I I thought it'd be fun to to just sit, sit down and share some of our thoughts, concerns, and even some practice tips. Uh, so uh, that's what we're going to do, folks, and we're going to start out uh, just trying to to identify some of the concerns that that we see uh, in general. And, and Leah, perhaps I, I'll jump in here and start this, but feel free to to come in at uh, at any point. Um, you know, really, I, I think it's becoming quite clear, not just here in the United States, but globally, we are uh, in a recession. And, uh, you know, who knows how this is going to continue to evolve. But that's important because if you look historically at the numbers, claims are going to spike uh, for about three years post-recession in terms of legal malpractice claims. And then they'll start to, you know, return slowly to normal about five years out. Uh, so we, we are anticipating, not just here at Alps, but uh, within the industry, that there's going to be a spike in claims. And uh, I would anticipate, too, that we're going to see a spike in, in severity. So some things to be concerned about. We, we're going to try to visit why. Uh, but I think my initial thoughts as to, to what drives some of this, you know, you think about business dealings. And, and bankruptcies and uh, divorces and all kinds. Of, but w- when business dealings in particular go south and look at all the companies suing their insurers for, you know, the business interruption coverage that on most of these policies isn't there, you know, um, desperate times call for desperate measures. And, and they're going to turn and, and try to blame lawyers. And, and some of these uh, claims, you know, if nothing else, all the care is going to be involved in trying to defend these uh, where, where we are. Uh, contractually obligated to, but um, 
you know, I, I, I think that's almost a given. Uh, lawyers and staff are going to make mistakes in high-stress times. And boy, are we in a high-stress time. Uh, you know, this rapid move to cloud computing, to, to telecommuting from home, um, you know, policies and procedures have changed, uh, maybe not completely thought through. It, I mean, it was a very rapid adjustment. So I, I think there's going to be just normal missteps that occur. Uh, in addition, I think just, again, the stress itself, we're all under, you know, I, I'm surprised. I, I would guess this is true for you, Leah, in, in terms of your own neighborhood, but we have a number of people in the neighborhood that I truly, I mean, I'm not trying to overstate it, are almost in a daily state of panic out of fear of what could happen, not wanting to catch the virus and things. You know, and, and, and when so much of our energy <laughs> is being devoted to just trying to go to the grocery store without exposing ourselves, you see, you know, I, I think that's a concern. And, and at the same time, you know, our clients are under the same stresses, you know, exactly. going through the same thing. And, and, and that is going to, you know, are they going to question their own decisions down the road? Why didn't you prevent me from doing this stupid thing that I did? You know, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, and, and could also even talk about, you know, the closures of courthouses and all the, the changes in, in just the, the, the local rules, court rules, procedures, filing deadlines being extended. You know, there's just so many things up in the air. Very difficult to stay on top of. So... And then finally, I guess an initial another thought I have is this. I had a call this morning from another lawyer uh, on the East Coast, uh, sharing some concerns along these lines. And, and basically, it's you know I'm owed a lot of money, but they don't have you know everybody's been furloughed that they can't mm -hmm. pay you know and, and and so here's another conundrum you know do how aggressive do you get with collection actions? Do you even try? Because we all know, particularly fee suits, you know, bring about often malpractice counterclaims and whatnot. So uh, there's just a couple of thoughts of mine just right off the top of my head coming into this. But from, you know, so that's a risk manager's response. How about an underwriter's response? What, what kind of concerns do you have? You know, along those same lines, we tend to see, like you had mentioned, claims starting to spike about, you know, three years into the process. And this pandemic is new. It's it's a culmination of a lot of different stressors for both working from home, adjusting quickly, which, frankly, the law profession has trouble doing because they're meaty and it's it's a very weighty, important system of ours. And so having to make this quick transition, both through the courts right. and individual law firms, um, and then like you had mentioned, customers and clients trying to adapt to those changes as well, while balancing working from home, their kids, and trying to manage their businesses under stressful time. You know, we, we do anticipate certain trends within certain areas of practice. You can imagine divorces may be on the rise, as well as marriages, like you said, and then folks kind of looking back. So overall, from an underwriting perspective, trying to see where you sit individually, where your area of specialty lies, and sticking to that area of specialty, knowing how some of those changes come about and how you can adapt to that in this pandemic. Yeah. That's a really important yeah. aspect to all of this. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think is worth noting for our listeners, um, you know, I, I, I brought up this whole point of, 
you know, we can anticipate due to stress, financial stress, fear, all of the things going on that, that missteps will occur as a result. Uh, I can share, and I would assume you may have had uh, one or two more conversations than me, but uh, our claims attorneys are already seeing claims that are missteps that occurred post this work from home transition. So we are already seeing these types of claims start to come in. Uh, not unexpected, but uh, um, let me jump. I mean, I, I think we've set the stage reasonably well, but the, what's more interesting to me and, and I would anticipate our, our listeners is, you know, these, these virtual practice uh, slash work from home risks that we see um, what are your thoughts uh, in terms of trying to manage that? What, you know, maybe you can come at it from a, 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 a concern and a management kind of piece. You know, I, I could anticipate, for instance, because I know we've talked about this in the past, but, you know, supervision. So, uh, you know, what, what's your concern with supervision and how might you, what are your thoughts about what, if I'm a law firm wanting to be insured, what can I share what helps ease your mind? You see where I'm going. What? What? Absolutely. How can I present as a good risk in in light of this change? Yeah, that is a great question. Supervision amongst law firms uh, has always been a hot topic for underwriters. We have this isn't a new issue, but it's certainly more prevalent now that COVID has you know moved more folks to working from home. Supervision in general is just knowing what you, your partners, your associates, your employees are doing on a daily basis and understanding that if there are questions, if you're a collaborative law firm, that you have the ability to reach out and talk through those issues and not feel like you're on an island, like you need to make a decision in isolation. And so that expressing how you typically manage either those daily conversations, mm -hmm. you manage the... Uh, the big picture conversations that happen for your firm, that kind of thing is interesting for the underwriter and important, I think, for us to understand that you that you are cognizant of your risks in the firm that way. And am I incorrect in sort of what I hear you saying, at least to some degree here, is aren't we really talking a little bit about wellness checking in and, and, and trying to keep people connected. Is, is that where you're focusing with this checking in daily uh, or is it a procedural kind of thing? I mean, what, maybe it's both. I don't know. What, yeah. Yeah. I would see it as, as both kind of two prongs, your wellness. And that's a great point to bring up that there's the wellness for individual attorneys really is just keeping everybody connected and engaged. And it has to become more of a top of mind activity mm -hmm. amongst the firm. Um, the other side of that is the supervision and making sure that the work product itself is available for conversation. Um, perhaps you set up Zoom office hours if you and your staff are spread right. uh, across so that they know a specific time that they can get a hold of you. Or you have with your team a specific daily meeting time that you know you're going to check in and answer questions or even just engage in that office chit chat that you normally don't get to <laughs> yeah. when everybody's working from home. We miss that. Yeah, yeah. What's and I love that you brought that up because I have been, as you know, telecommuting. I'm 300 and what? 50 miles away, right. away from the mothership here. And, um, you know, and long-term telecommuting can work for some people and for others it really doesn't. 
And I think one of the reasons that it doesn't is this connection piece, the water cooler conversation or sharing a cup of coffee in a break room or those kinds of things. Uh, I can, you know, that was a hard transition for me. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what was so interesting, the shift to work from home in my world, in terms of just me personally, was a non-event, right? I mean, I've, I've, I'm already there. But the company's response was night and day game changer for myself and a few others that have been long-term remote employees because we are now far more engaged. You and I are having this discussion. Everybody hears the audio, but we're watching each other. We're on uh, Mm -hmm. Microsoft Teams. And, you know, that we have used, I think, as a company in a very effective way to maintain engagement uh, amongst the the Alps community in terms of the the, the workforce, um, so I, I, I as a risk manager, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I think supervision is is important from this connectivity piece, this wellness piece, and and might I add, you know, the challenge with this supervision wellness kind of angle is that when we aren't together day to day. It's a little more difficult to really, unless we're using video and having some regular conversations, to understand. You know, you might, if you and I share office space and we're, we're, you know, you're going to pick up that I'm depressed or that I'm struggling. That's right. Exactly. In person, much more quickly and more easily. And, Mm -hmm. and, And so I think it's important if this work from home goes long term. Uh, and maybe permanent for some, you know, we need to keep these issues in mind. And I'll switch back in in terms of process. I I describe this as the accountability problem, and I just invite lawyers and and, uh, firm administrators and those in charge in terms of internal processes, you know, do you need to review and perhaps even redesign what you're doing? Um, You know, (laughs) we had a situation I learned about where the – Everybody left, worked from home at a law firm, but FedEx was still coming. And so what they did is put a cardboard box outside a locked front door and assigned FedEx drop and pick up from here and a little arrow. And there are envelopes in here for FedEx to pick up. Now, you know there are confidential information in there. I Absolutely. mean, that's just, and you just sit here and go, what are you thinking? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I get the panic and, and that, that, not, that might need to happen for a day or so. You know, that's not the best idea. I'd like to see something else, but that cannot be permanent. You know, so I invite folks that are listening again to think about your calendaring process, uh, the mail process, client communication, file documentation, are we really keeping all of our files current? Uh, are we maintaining client confidences? You know, for instance, you kind of fold this over into a professionalism piece. But, you know, you have to have a workspace that the kids aren't running back and forth in the background in the PJs and having a water balloon fight while you're trying to meet with your client. I mean, that just can't happen. So, um, you know, it's a professionalism issue, but it's also they can't and should never have access to the home computer that you're using for work, you know, those kinds mm-hmm. of, of things. So um, there, there's some... Thoughts on trying to, to manage some of this? Do you have other things that you'd like to add to this one? 
Well, let's talk about what you had said, kind of re-envisioning what your your processes are. Okay, As you yeah. look at that, you know, you've moved as a firm, say, to a part-time work from home due to COVID. Maybe you want to continue that. Maybe that makes sense for your firm. And so it's a good opportunity for you to look at what new technology is out there, um, what new opportunities you have to create efficiency for your law firm, to meet your clients' needs, Um and then also just making sure as you make those shifts that that techno- technology training takes place, that people are really comfortable with it. Yeah. Again, yeah. kind of circling back to the wellness, right? <laughs> Do you, Are you able to use it and actually see each other on teams and have those connections and feel comfortable in, the, in a client meeting to be able to communicate what you need to communicate to them? So, yeah, keeping top of mind on um all the new stuff coming out, just rolling out based on COVID. There's so many new opportunities every day. Yeah, yeah, there really are. And, and you know, it, it, I'm going to do a jump shift here. You know me, I, I go off on these tangents at times. But I, I love the comment about, you know, again, looking at processes, but also reviewing and trying to understand the technology. Uh, more and more I've been talking about, you know, lawyers are to understand uh, the benefits and risks associated with relevant technology. And we're always very good about the benefits. Risks aren't so, you know, as obvious, and you really need to take some time. And it just by way of example, and it, it's just trying to underscore the importance of reviewing your processes and really looking at everything. You know, we could have, let's say you and our adverse uh, attorneys uh, representing adverse parties and uh, you know we're in a meeting and we're all talking you know I I set this up I can control whether people are recording this from the platform but you know people can also just put up their phone and record I you know I can't do everything to prevent things from being recorded and you know so it's just a it's just one crazy example of we need to think through the ramifications of what we're doing and the technology and how we're using it. Hear me clearly. There's absolutely nothing wrong, and it's not incompetent or anything to use Zoom <laughs> or Teams, you know, but we have to understand the benefits and the risks and address them. The same might be with, uh, you know, a uh, collaborative calendar kind of thing that's out on the web. Um, you know, it's, it's about just trying to maintain client confidences and, and maintaining the privacy of, of the data and whatnot. Um, Lee, I'd like to take a moment and share a couple of uh, specific risk management tips that, that are important to me. And uh, if you have other tips to add here, please, please again jump in. But uh, I want to share just, again, some obvious things that kind of come to my mind from a risk perspective. Um, and this hopefully goes without saying, but I think we're, we see this all the time. COVID in situations like this in terms of recessions and whatnot, uh, you're going to see this type of claim go up. And it's really dabbling. Please don't dabble or, or do a quick jump shift to it new practice area. I have spoken with attorneys that are very intentionally moving right now and very aggressively into the bankruptcy space for obvious reasons. Some are doing this, again, it's a jump shit, 
jump shift and know absolutely nothing about it uh, or very, very little. And others are very, very intentional about it and really taking their time and developing processes and procedures, getting mentors or getting, you know, and, and really coming up to speed in, in a very appropriate way. So caution, jump shifts, dabbling, very dangerous. Uh, and Mark, I'll comment on yeah, that. It, no, that please. is an area that we see so many claims come out of, you know, competent, yes. smart attorneys who just have taken a case or taken on an area of practice that that they they don't get the full spectrum of mm -hmm. it and it's uh it's definitely ripe for yeah. either missteps um and just you know missing something because it's a nuance to that practice right. i absolutely agree with yeah. you on that it, it's one of those things we just don't know what we don't know and that's, that's the right. problem on the dabble you know, that's uh, so. Uh, I also would strongly encourage you more than ever to determine upfront if clients can afford your services and, and, and also thoroughly document your scope, you know, because more and more it's not face to face in the same room having conversations. So we need to be clear if, if I'm interviewing you and you're interviewing me in terms of potential client and, and uh, I'm potential lawyer here and, and you know it's it we really need to understand Leah can you afford this it's not a discussion over my hourly rate here's what this divorce might cost or what this bankruptcy might cost and these are some variables and I, I'll give you the best effort that I can to, to give you some accurate parameters but then this is what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. I think now more than ever, these are key, key things to do. Um, I, again, I brought this up at the very beginning. I would not uh, get aggressive in collection practices right now. Um, and, and maybe to really underscore this, a lot of lawyers will say, I did good work, got a good outcome, I deserve to be paid. Now more than ever, I don't care. It's completely irrelevant. That's a given. Let it go. The only issue is, is there any money out there to get? And a harsh reality is a lot of these people with furloughs and everything else, there is no money. They're not paying mm. the rent. You think you as the lawyer are got, uh, have first, first in line? That ain't happening. You know, it's, it's, it's roof and food for the kids. You know, they're, they're a top priority right now. And, and, you know, so I would not get aggressive with collection actions. Doesn't, I'm not saying walk away. <laughs> I'm just saying let's, let's be reasonable about because, you know, you can put people in a corner. And uh, then the counterclaim is coming. And, of course, make sure that everybody's aware of changes in relevant uh, rules, regulations, and laws, um, you know, so that we don't blow some filing deadlines uh, uh, and just because we're we're out of the loop, but I would also add that clients should be made aware of changes that might impact their matter. Um, so we, you know, don't overlook keeping clients informed because it's their matter. And yeah, what a great idea! And you need to allow them to meaningfully participate. <laughs> yeah, you know that kind of thing. So um, there there are some risk tips that that I have. Do you have anything that comes to mind from your end that you would want to add or think about? Yeah, you know, just drafting off what you just said, basically yeah. considering those kind of client needs and taking those steps to make sure that they're met. Um, being clear about what response times need to be now that people are maybe working different hours as mm -hmm. they're virtual or working mm -hmm. from home and right. a little more flexibility, whether, you know, folks want virtual meetings or in person and how to manage those risks specifically, just being, yeah, open yeah. and upfront about what your clients need. Yeah. Um, 
the other big thing, you know, it's not new that attorneys take their work home. That's definitely not a new phenomenon. But with some of these more flexible arrangements, just being clear about securing client information that you bring back and forth, Uh, even laptops and hardware software issues that you might have being just top of mind on that stuff. Well, you know, and I and I appreciate that. Um, that let's look at that a, a, a little more in depth. Um, you know, it's what we're really getting into is just cybersecurity, cyber liability. You know, that that, that whole issue. Um, let me share. Uh, well, before I do, you, do you have again from an underwriting perspective? Are there because we also sell. Cyber liability insurance to lawyers. We do. Mm -hmm. What about, are there risks? Does this situation in terms of COVID, work from home, virtual law, you know, all all this stuff, does that change your risk analysis at all? Do you have any concerns that come up? Well, certainly one of the big ones is that, uh, you know, the home systems just are not as secure as often office situations are when it comes to hardware, routers, um, all of those setups. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal devices like your cell phone just may need to be re-examined. We had talked before about looking at your internal processes, and it's a good time to yeah. look again at your cyber processes as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, understand, folks, there is a difference between trying to secure systems and protecting and maintaining uh, data. Those are actually two different things. There's a lot of overlap, but not not entirely. Um, So, and I'm gonna come back to this here in a minute, but you talked about home systems, and and just to underscore that point, can I share to our listening audience, home routers as an example. Often they are older devices. They have not ever been appropriately set up, meaning the default password hasn't been changed. You can get these default passwords off the routers in, in seconds off Google. You just figure out what kind of router it is, and you know it's typically admin or some silly thing like that. Um, you know, Encryption hasn't been turned on, et cetera. And, and cyber criminals know this, and they are taking real advantage of this. Um, so uh, we need to think through. We, we typically don't have IT support dealing with our home systems. But now that the home systems are the primary system, um, you know, we need to think through this and make sure that the steps that we've taken to secure the perimeter of the work environment of the office network, et cetera, now extends to the home environment. So that security piece needs to be in play. But that's not enough. Getting back to sort of privacy of data, you know, how many of us routinely at home work with shared devices? You know, my wife and I each have our own phone, but we use each other's phones at times if we're out. Here, can you just do that, you know? And mm-hmm. we, we share home computers, and, it, you know, it's kids having to do homework, you know, maybe need to get on dad's computer or mom's computer. Um, so what have you done to protect client confidences. You know, in a perfect world, no family member, unless they are employed by the firm, you know, um, should have access to any of this equipment, period. I mean, it just really shouldn't happen. Um, so uh, that's, that's think about personal use and who's using all of this to try to maintain. Um, one of the things that uh, 
I'd like to talk about too that I think a lot of lawyers don't understand. And, and let me ask you this. I, hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot here, Leah. But <laughs> I, 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 my guess is not. Um, you know, do if I'm a law firm and I go out and this is not going to be unique to Alps. I'm just going to use Alps as an example. So I go out and I, I buy this cyber liability policy for my firm from Alps. Does that cover, that insurance cover, all these devices that people have in their homes that are using personally for work? Does that coverage Such extend? Such a great point. Such a great question. And that's it's dialing down, right? <laughs> what do you know what your policy covers? Have you read yes. what the policy language specifies? And typically there's going to be carve outs for personal yes. devices because they're better covered somewhere else. Uh, there could be certain requirements. One of the big ones is out of band communication when it comes there to wire transfers. Yeah. You're required to double check, pick up that phone and call whoever it is that told you to wire the money to a certain area. Y you have some of that responsibility and that's mm -hmm. important to know that on the front end. Absolutely. What a great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So folks, I mean, I don't want to put anybody here in, in this extreme panic. I mean, if, and policy language is going to differ. But generally, you know, these policies cover equipment that is either owned by or leased for, you know, law firm purposes. And that is not what a home laptop is or the home cell phone or the home iPad and all these other things. Uh, now, if a device, a personal device, was the pathway perhaps in to the network and the firm's network is breached and something happens... You know, every care, these policies, I mean, there's a lot of detail to them, but I, I have trouble seeing how a, a, uh, an insurer wouldn't be stepping up for that one. The real concern is if the attack is limited to, and this is happening, which is why I'm having this conversation, to the home systems. You know, so if I'm a hacker and I break in, Leah, to you as an attorney at a firm into your uh, home laptop and I steal everything and I'm, you know, and I just, I don't need the network anymore. You've got all this stuff on your laptop. and What, not, what a great opportunity. You know, <laughs> you know, and then you turn around and say, well, I have cyber coverage for this. No, you don't. The firm has cyber coverage for firm equipment. This is infirm equipment. So it's just something to think about, you know, uh, just to be aware of. So it gets, it gets back to thinking through your practices and procedures and your processes in light of these changes. Right. So yeah. um, I would obviously encourage IT support to address uh, any concerns uh, and even just said, you know, talk to your IT support person. Here's what's going on in various homes. What do you think we should do? What are your concerns? Can you help us? And, you know, it, it just, just take it a step at a time. Um, other thoughts, other concerns that you have here? I don't want to take up too much of your precious time, but... Um... Well, I think these are uh, excellent excellent tips that you've brought up and a lot of really thought-provoking information for firms and attorneys to to mull over, um, especially if they're considering, if folks are considering doing more of a long-term flexible work-from-home situation. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, maybe can I end with this? If firms are going to think about 
really extending, at least to part of the workforce perhaps, um, more of a full-time work from home, remote, uh, which in my mind is a little bit different than a virtual practice, but I think from a risk perspective, really not a whole lot. Um, what, well, initially, is that just the fact that we have work from home folks now? Does, is that an uh-oh for an underwriter in, in terms of just that fact? That's a great question. No, if you have a virtual practice or somewhere in that spectrum from virtual practice down to a flexible working from home environment, mm -hmm. again, it's not something necessarily that uh, is new to the industry. It's just more pre prevalent now with firms. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that the attorneys are looking out for some of these pitfalls, cognizant of what uh, they need to do to mitigate, that's really the important stuff that underwriters want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's important for folks to hear. And, I, and uh, I, 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 it's a great place to, to, to end on because it, in my mind, you know, there's nothing wrong with work from home. It, 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 it's, sort of, it's not the tool. It, it's, it's what do we do with the situation we find ourselves in. You know, exactly. It's, uh, you know, if we were really concerned about all these changes and, and, you know, we wouldn't want to insure new young lawyers that just hang up a shingle because they don't know what they're doing. You know, <laughs> you see where I'm going? Um, and, but, you know, it, you, you don't have to be, you know, have 10 years experience to be this computer geek, have this high tech system at home and, all. you know. The insurance industry, we are comfortable with the change. What becomes important is how do you respond to the change? Are, are you responsible in, in managing these transitions and then following through and, and adjusting and altering processes? You know, it, so if you're thinking long term of staying uh, in, in this space in full or in part, I really encourage all of you folks to to take some of the things that we've uh, raised here to heart. Um, I, 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 I think it's a, I've been telecommuting for 10 years. I love it. I, I, I won't ever go back. Um, assuming Alps will allow me that, <laughs> extend that privilege <laughs> that I can stay out of here. But um, it's, you know, so it's, it's not the work from home environment that's a concern. It's, it's how we are all responding and dealing with the work from home. So uh, that, that's my final word. Leah, do you have any other closing comment or anything else? Well, I, I appreciate some of these concrete tips. I can see how they'd be so helpful to, to take advantage of. Um, and just, you know, circling back to that, kind of the, the root of all of this is the, the wellness and making sure that, you know, yeah. you have yeah. what you need as the attorney and the connections that you, you need within your firm and your clients. Um, what a, you know, what a great top priority to yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Well, Leah, thank you so much for uh, spending a little time with me and the audience today. I, I hope you've had some fun. Look forward to doing this again. We periodically get together. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be awesome. I look forward to the next one. Uh, before I sign off, I do want to update uh, anyone that has listened to an earlier podcast called Listening to Your Life. I, uh, it's a little bit of a story of a challenge my wife gave me and uh, just shared some thoughts about what was happening. And basically, I've been doing a lot of bike riding. And uh, there was a challenge to uh, ride 1,200 miles by the end of summer, which is defined as uh, the end of September. And this all started at the beginning of the COVID uh, stay-at-home uh, situation here in Montana. Well, as of today, which is what? Uh, the 12th of August. 
I'm at 1,421. So I am rocking it. And uh, I've upped my goal now. I'm going to try to hit 1,750 by the end of August or September. So it's been a lot of riding, a lot of fun. And uh, as we near the end or shortly after the end of this, I'm going to come back and do another little podcast on listening to your life and some learnings of the whole process. But for those of you that are monitoring all of this, 1,421 as of today. A lot of miles, but uh, it's it's been a great experience. So I will say goodbye to all of you. If you have any uh, thoughts, concerns, issues you'd like to discuss in future, or perhaps here in a podcast, don't hesitate to reach out to me at mbass, M-B-A-S-S, at alpsinsurance.com. Happy to try to help in any way that I can. Thanks again, folks. Thanks, Leah. Goodbye.